Welcome back to the Read the Roster podcast. I'm Ross. And I'm Reed. And after a week off, we are back. Uh, I had a little bit of crazy stuff going on last week. I was a little sick, Reed dealing with a good bit of schoolwork. Again, he is in college right now, so just a little bit of a hectic week. Uh, we are going to be back on schedule, though. Today is going to be our NFL preview episode for week six. We're going to kind of hit some week five highlights real quick. Uh, as always, please check out the show, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to your shows. Check us out on Facebook, Read the Roster. Check us out on Twitter, at Read the Roster. Interact with us during games, whether that's college or pro. We want to interact with you guys, share thoughts, share reactions as games are going down. And, yeah, with that being said, let's just kind of dive right into a couple of quick thoughts from week five. Giants are 4-1, and one, beat the Packers in London. Uh, I don't think the Giants are a top-tier NFC team. I think they're just a good team playing well as a team right now and uh, taking advantage of whatever they can. I mean, they look decent enough, and I think the Packers are a lot worse than people think, but good for the Giants being 4-1. and one. I think we're really starting to notice how big of a difference it is having a healthy Saquon and not just having Daniel Jones try to make all the plays because, as we both know, there's not a whole lot of weapons in New York that are – very viable options except Saquon. This offensive line's better. The defense is okay. They're getting slowly better. Kept getting a few players here and there. And like you said, this Packers team, its I don't think it's what people thought coming into the season. It's definitely not what they were last year. Seeing or how much Aaron Rodgers is missing Devontae Adams, I think it just proves how little the Packers have helped them the past few years because as soon as he left their offense has been atrocious i think aaron jones has been a non-factor you have to get him the football so it was just really surprising to see a superstar like aaron Rodgers fall off so quickly after losing one player but like i said there is no really help after Devontae, and Devontae is one of the best receivers in the league so that's kind of crazy to see Next, we'll go on to Jets against the Dolphins. 40-17 to 17 Jets. This is a huge win uh, for the Jets. I know they got a pretty talented roster, but to see them kind of dismantle the Dolphins was kind of shocking. I know Teddy Bridgewater does go out uh, in this game, and you do rely on a, a third-string rookie, so that's always hard. But just to see the defense kind of fall apart as well, I know uh, – I think it's in Byron Jones is, is still out, or Xavier Howard. One of them is still out. Um but just to see the way they played against the Bills, like I said, I understand the whole thing with Tua not being in there and Teddy Bridgewater, but this is still the Jets, and they're still a super young team. Like I said, pretty talented, uh, still trying to figure it out, but this is a huge win for the Jets uh, going forward to build on. Yeah, I never would have expected them to pull out a game like this, but a few weeks ago I wouldn't expect Joe Flacco to, for, to throw for like five touchdowns or whatever he did. Like you said, it's huge – Losing Tua, but like you said, that shouldn't affect how the, well the defense have played, how well they or how many good defensive players that they have over there. It is hard for your offense to move when you can't throw the ball down the field with confidence to guys like Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. But I think Brees Hall and Michael Carter kind of showcased all their talents and showed why here in a few years, maybe even by the end of the season, they'll be a top running back duo in the league. Garrett Wilson's a Great rookie wide receiver. That's why they draft him sixth or something like that, something crazy. Corey Davis really isn't anything 
amazing, but, he, but he's, he's been in the league he's for a long time. Well yeah, he's been in the league. He knows what to do, and really surprising win by the Jets. Uh, Texans get their first win. Won't spend too long on that because it was an ugly game against the Jags, but good for the Texans getting win number one. Damian Pierce is an animal. Damian Pierce is an animal. One of the better rookie running backs in the league. Uh, man, you didn't really talk about this beforehand, but just a couple of things I do want to mention also. Rashad Penny does go out for the year, uh, so that's really tough. Uh, speaking of rookie running backs, Kenneth Walker the third will become the kind of the primary guy in Seattle, so it'll be interesting to see how he handles that going forward. Uh, prayers up to Rashad Penny. Dude played an amazing back half of the season last year and was off to a pretty decent start first couple of games. And to see him go down again with injury is just tough to see. And then Panthers also get obliterated by the 49ers to get Matt Rule fired. So it's a tough weekend for those guys. Yeah, I thought the Panthers were going to do great things to Baker Mayfield as the quarterback. I don't know why I thought that, but I don't know, fresh start. Thought something might have come out of it. Him having Christian McCaffrey back there, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson to throw to. I thought the offense had a chance to be great, and it just hasn't been. And Matt Rule obviously hasn't done anything worth anything while he's been in Carolina, so not really shocked. So I thought I think I saw a thing on Instagram that he's getting paid 800k a month for the next however many months or how many years to just sit and do nothing because his contract was so big. So that's something crazy I saw. Cooper Rush and the Eagles undefeated. Uh, any any thoughts on that? I'm surprised that Cooper Rush has somehow got this Dallas Cowboys team to five wins or whatever it is, four wins, and he's starting again this week. But the Eagles being undefeated, not really surprised by that. This offense is great, and the defense, I think, is even better. I think this is the best top, top two bottom roster in the NFL right now. Darius Slay is playing like one of the top five corners in the league. I mean, he is playing out of his mind. Dude is shut down. A.J. Brown has, has kind of – him and Devontae Smith have kind of traded back and forth on who's going to be the high performer. Uh, so, it's been really interesting to see which one of them pops off per week. Uh, and then, like you said, just seeing Cooper Rush continue this, this momentum is crazy. Uh, I see all these crazy comments about what they're going to do when Dak comes back. Don't get it twisted. Dak is the starter. Cooper Rush is doing fine enough, but it's not like he's out here putting up eye-popping numbers leading them to some crazy offensive success. Dak will still be the quarterback, uh, but the Dallas defense is is really playing a lot better than I think either you or I kind of imagined. And then I think this is probably the best primetime matchups we've had in a long time. Uh, Bengals-Ravens. Now, this was a low-scoring game. You and I have both talked about a couple of games this year that were low-scoring that were just ugly to watch. This one was actually pretty fun to watch. The Bengals' offense just seems out of sync right now, and uh, I was actually kind of surprised with how the Bengals' defense stepped up throughout this game against the Ravens, but the Ravens do ultimately win. Justin Tucker, clutch kick, the most clutch kicker in NFL history, obviously, uh, gives the Ravens the win in 1917. And then Raiders started out the game against the Chiefs looking like they were going to run away with it. I think eventually the fact of not having Darren Waller out there really kind of shut down this offense. And Foster Moreau was already out, so you're kind of losing that blocking tight end. So they were having to run a bunch of sets with a fullback. I think that eventually just kind of caught up with them because the Chiefs knew what they were going to try and do. They did have a chance to win this game at the end. It was kind of weird. They went for two at the end as well when they could have kept it tied. Uh, but – Chiefs come out clutch at home. 
Yeah, you can never count out Patrick Mahomes, especially with their offense. And Travis Kelsey scoring four touchdowns, I think he's the first tight end to do that or first Kansas City tight end to do that in God knows how many years. I just think Derek Carr's got to do something because what he's doing right now obviously isn't working in the Las Vegas Raiders scheme. I don't know if he's targeting Devontae Adams too much. I don't know if he's being too inaccurate. I have no clue, but something needs to fix. This offense could be too potent if he can get his game on, or his head on straight because Josh Jacobs is actually playing good football finally for the first time since his rookie year. So if Derek Carr can get his head on straight, this team has a chance to be really, really good on offense. It was a, it was a pretty interesting week uh, of football. We saw some really interesting things. I think teams are kind of starting to settle into their roles that we'll see throughout the season. I still think some other teams could probably surprise some people. You know, it just kind of depends on how much longer two is out, what the Cowboys look like when Dak comes back. Did the, are the Giants going to stay for real? Are the Packers going to come back and start doing anything? Did the Bengals catch fire again? What happens with the Jets? I think there's a lot of stuff that could still happen, but I think we're finally starting to see a lot of these teams kind of settle into their roles that they'll fill throughout the season. Yeah, like you said, after teams start to get comfortable, start to play in sync with each other, get it figured out, and get, I would say, the stretch of either bad opponents or really good opponents is going to thin out, and we're really going to start seeing what these teams look like going head-to-head further into the season and it'll see how it shakes up. With that being said, let's just dive straight into week six, man. Uh, Thursday night football. I'm, I'm about sick of Thursday night football between me and you because our primetime matchups are, are just – the Thursday ones just aren't it, man. It, it's just not. Commanders at Bears, I mean, you know, I can understand why towards the beginning of the season wanting to see how Washington does – because, you know, they made some interesting moves. And I think Jahan Dotson came in with a pretty good amount of hop. That's an amazing receiving core to have uh, between him, Terry, and, and Curtis Samuel. But the Bears, I mean, everyone just kind of knew this was going to be a bottom-tier roster. Granted, the Bears do have two wins. Not really sure how, but but they do nonetheless. Uh, the Bears just look completely non-competitive in a lot of these games. The commanders look ugly as well. Carson Wentz just is not the guy. And the defense really hasn't played too, too bad. Uh, We just, you know, we just haven't seen a lot of greatness out of either of these teams. This is at Chicago, and the spread is completely even. I'm going to have to go with the commanders because I think the roster top to bottom is better. I just don't believe in what the Bears are trying to do. You and I have talked about it before. I've tried to defend Justin Fields because of how bad that offensive line is. They're actually playing okay. The last couple of games I've actually paid attention, and they're playing okay. You know, Khalil Herbert, I mean, he was getting decent yards, and David Montgomery coming back, he got decent yards. And sometimes I think Fields just panics. I think he's still kind of scared because he's not fully trusting his offensive line yet, and he just does not have the weapons to help him out. Darnell Mooney is a great deep threat. He's still running how to be a route runner in the league. Cole Komet's a, a solid tight end. I mean, he's not one of the top guys in the league, but he's solid. He's athletic. Um, I still just think the Bears have way too far to go, and I think they drop another one here, so give me the commanders. I definitely wouldn't be surprised if the Bears lose this game. 
like you said, I don't know if Justin Field. It's crazy to say it's he's only been in the league two years and has a terrible team around him. I just don't know if he's the guy. Really, it like I said, it's tough to say a bad team around him, give him a few years to develop. But you figured if they took him in the first round, took him with a decently high pick, that he'd play better than what he has. But he's just played awful in almost every single game that he's played in. I loved him at Georgia, loved him at Ohio State, thought he was possibly a Heisman winner. But what he's done in the league, he just hasn't shown any of that. But like you said, the commanders have a easily 100 times better roster than the Bears do. The only, honestly, few bright spots on the Bears are David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert, and Jalen Johnson and Roquan Smith. That's really about it. And the commanders just have more talent everywhere. Carson Wentz, like you said, isn't that good of a quarterback, but he's a better quarterback than Justin Fields. And it's easier to look better when you're thrown to those three wide receivers and the stable of running backs you do have. So give me the commanders on a pretty convincing win. Next, we got Buccaneers at Steelers. Bucks are favored by about eight points now. I want to hear what you have to say first, actually. So, Bucks and Steelers, Bucks favor by eight. I would say it goes in favor of the Steelers, but from what we saw of that defense getting obliterated this past week, I get it's the Bills, but their defense did not play good. But I'm not huge on Tom Brady this year. Kenny Pickett didn't look amazing when he did play. I think it's going to be an ugly game. I honestly have no idea. I think it's going to come down to a score, maybe scoring a field goal. But as of right now, you have to get. I have to give Tom Brady the nod over this team because of what I saw from their defense and Kenny Pickett not just really surprising me or giving me any eye pop and stuff. So I'll have to take Tom Brady. By no means do I think the Steelers win this game, but I think they are able to keep it close. The defense, you know. Cam Ward is help, or Cam Hayward, uh, excuse me, is healthy again, and he's playing better. You know they still don't have T.J. Watt, which is a bummer, uh, but they're you know they're playing decent enough, and I think this offense will continue to get more cohesive as Kenny Pickett gets more settled into his role. The receivers are getting open. Deontay Johnson is getting open. Uh, Pickens is starting to get more involved. I'm still not all that big into Clay, uh, Chase Claypool, um, but you still have Najee. It's been tough sledding for him this year, but I think the more they try and spread it out, the better they'll be. But Tom Brady just has not been Tom Brady this year. And the offensive line, in my opinion, is just still not good. Donovan Smith is not the same tackle he used to be. He used to be pretty solid, never like a top, top tier, you know, left tackle in the league, but he's always been solid. And Tristan Wirfs obviously is all pro caliber, but that interior offensive line is just not doing him any favors. Chris Godwin, I still don't think is 100%. And now you really just have Mike Evans right now because people just aren't afraid of Chris Godwin like they have been. He's been struggling with that hamstring, and I still don't think he's as comfortable uh, as he was before the ACL tear. Mike uh, Mike Evans, excuse me, is still an animal. He's one of the best wide receivers in this league, and the GOAT is still playing in this football game no matter how off he is. Uh, I do think the Bucs – win this game, but I actually wouldn't be surprised if they don't cover, so give me the Bucks as well. Next, we got 49ers at Falcons. 
the Falcons have been in every game they've played this year. And and you and I both talked at, at times that we thought the Falcons could be in that bottom five overall roster conversation with like the Seahawks and the Texans and the Bears and stuff like that. I know me and you even considered the Giants at one point. But, you know, Cordero Patterson didn't play. Marcus Mariota isn't lighting the world on fire. But the young core is playing well. The defense is actually playing really well. And minus Jake Matthews, who's kind of giving up some stuff around the edge at times, I think this offensive line is actually playing pretty well too. Uh, Chris Lindstrom looks like one of the top ten guards in the league. Caleb McGarry isn't necessarily playing like a first-round pick, but he's not giving up crazy amounts of pressure like he used to. The interior of the defense is still great, and honestly, I think they beat the Bucks last week, if not for that BS passing, uh, roughing the passer call. Um, I've been impressed with the Falcons. I still think the 49ers roster is just too good, though. The Falcons are easily going to keep this a game, and I think that's why San Francisco is only favored by about six points. Give me the 49ers, but I think the Falcons impress again. And I think Kyle Pitts is back for this game, too. I'm going to have to take the Falcons on this one. I'm not a huge fan of Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, I think his defense carried him to the Super Bowl. And Debo Samuel has not been what everybody thought he was going to be this year. He just hasn't put up the numbers. They haven't got him involved like they wanted to. I guarantee it. Brandon Ayuk has been non-existent the past two years after showing out his rookie year. I get Jeff Wilson's playing pretty good. And uh, Elijah Mitchell will probably play good once he comes back, but I don't. I just don't have faith in Jimmy G. Their defense is good. Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, uh, Eric Armstead have great dudes on defense. But like you said, the Atlanta Falcons have played so well this year. Defense is playing good. Marcus Mariota's playing somewhat actual, actually decent, like a quarterback the Tennessee Titans drafted him to play like. And like you said, I mean, Drake London, if Kyle Pitts is out on the field, you have to cover him. He's an animal. Zacchaeus has played crazy good from what you expect from him. So, surprisingly, give me the Falcons. I actually may switch. Uh, I'll come back at the end of the episode and, and kind of give my final thoughts because I did forget Emmanuel Mosley is out for the year. He tore his ACL in the game last weekend, and I think that's huge, especially for a guy like Drake London. If they have to keep Traverius Ward on him the whole game, like you said, Zacchaeus could step up. You know, the backs could get more involved, and I think that leaves Kyle Pitts in one-on-one. I think Fred Warner's an excellent linebacker, but I think a guy like Kyle Pitts could take advantage. I'll come back to that one. Pass at Browns. Browns are favored by about a field goal. Um, I really don't know what to think of this one. Bailey Zappi played fine last week in both games he's played, a majority of the snaps. Uh, not sure if Mac Jones is coming back this week. Not sure if Brian Hoyer will, will be back this week. But I think Bailey Zappi has been playing fine. Uh, Damian Harris is out for a while, unfortunately. So I think that will make me lean towards the Browns. I think this rushing attack is just killer. Um, Nick Chubb is lighting the world on fire this season, playing amazing. David Njoku is actually playing really, really well. Um, and Amari Cooper, after kind of a down week, week before last, he uh, – he came back on and had a pretty impressive showing himself. I'm going to lean towards the Brown in this one. I think they actually could win by a little more. I just don't think any of the wide receivers test the Browns secondary enough uh, on the Pat side. I mean, you got Jacoby Myers and Devontae Parker and Nelson Aguilar. 
Kendrick Bourne. I mean, that's your most mid-receiving core that you could ever kind of dredge up. So I I am going to lean the Browns. I think they do more than cover the spread, but weird, weird things have happened with Patriots games. I love Bailey Zappi. I love him more than Mac Jones, but like we, I'm with you. I must say, but like we both, and I'm not a big fan of Mac Jones. But like you said, if your best wide receiver is Jacoby Myers and Denzel Ward is going to be covering all, all day, he's not going to be a factor. Ramondre Stevenson's a great running back, but we both know this Browns defense has studs all over the field. And Nick Chubb, like you said, has play, been playing out absolutely out of his mind. Best running back in the league. Yeah, nobody's going to be able to stop him on the Patriots side of the football. I think he's going to have a great day. Don't like the fact that I'm rooting for Jacoby Brissett to go win a football game because he's not that good. But, I mean, he's been playing decent in Deshaun Deshaun Watson's absence. But I just don't think anybody on this pass team is going to be able to control Nick Chubb, maybe Matt Judon, but that's about it. So, Give me give me the Browns and Nick Chubb having a day. Jets at Packers. Uh, really want to see what you have to say on this one, just because the Pack really haven't played like the Packers this year, and the Jets got an amazing win last week. I think it just depends on. Honestly, this game is going to be really determined by the running backs. Michael Carter and Brees Hall, like I said, had a crazy good week this week or this previous week. The Packers have Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon back there. Whoever gets their running backs more involved and makes allows them to make more plays is going to win this football game. I'm going to have to take the Packers, even though it's a very non-confident answer. It's just because Aaron Rodgers is on that side. He doesn't have really any help, but you can't bet against a back-to-back MVP. I think he's going to come out, be pretty mad about the game before and hopefully have a vengeance him and Romeo Romeo dubs or whatever his last name is. I've had a pretty good connection the past few games. So give me Aaron Rodgers. I got to go. I got to go pack as well. They're favored by about eight points. My, my problem is just, like you said, I think the connection with Romeo dubs has been fine, but he's still a rookie and he's still a late round pick. You kind of expected him to kind of build that more with Christian Watson, and that really hasn't happened. Robert Tunyon just randomly goes off for a touchdown spree here and there each season. It seems like it just he never seems to fully get himself going. The offensive line just isn't the same. I know Bakhtiari is back, and you know Elton Jenkins is one of the best Swiss Army knives we've seen out of an offensive lineman in a, in a while. But other than that, nothing really impresses me. Uh, Aaron Jones, I think, is a great player. And I think A.J. Dillon is is a running back a lot of teams would like to have. But I just don't you, – you can't build your offense out of Aaron Jones and hoping your wide receivers get open. Uh, I think Aaron Rodgers eventually will figure it out and the pack will kind of start getting themselves in gear. I don't think, you know, they, they struggle too much against the rest of their schedule. I think the Jets make them earn it. I really do. I think the Jets' defense has started to play a lot better. Sauce Gardner looks amazing, and I think that'll help. But Aaron Rodgers is just going to be too much in this game. They're playing at Lambeau, and I think the Packers' defense will be more of a test against this Jets' offense. 
than the Dolphins were last week because I think the Dolphins just kind of got a lot of air knocked out of their sail after not having to and then seeing Teddy Bridgewater go down as well, knowing they're having to rely on a rookie that could kind of be deflating for a locker room. Um, can't really make excuses in the NFL. I understand that, but uh, this still is a team sport and seeing one of your brothers go down, no matter if it's Teddy Bridgewater or Tua or even if the Skylar Thompson, the third stringer, went down, you still got to get out there and play the football game. So um, give me the pack in this one, but I think the Jets might actually cover this one. I wouldn't be surprised if they do. Jags at Colts. This game is the second iteration of what we've seen this year. The Jags got the better of the Colts at the beginning of the season out of left field. It was kind of weird, actually. Not really expected. Uh, the Jags kind of have come back down to earth. They're 2-3 and three right now. The Colts played really well against the Chiefs and now have two wins under the belt. The Colts just, I mean, coming off that Broncos game, I know the Broncos defense is pretty well, but this this Indy team just looks so dysfunctional. I, I don't know what to think. Uh, you know, you got you got Michael Pittman. You got Jonathan Taylor, who was out last week. And the defense just is kind of like, what's going on here? I, I, I really don't know what to think in this game. I think the Jags are going to play pretty well again. And they've been on a tear against the Colts here lately. I think this matchup actually kind of plays well into the Jaguars. I think it lets the receivers get open more because it seemed like they were kind of shut out last week. The running game's got to get going again, and I think that can happen. Uh, you know, I think the Colts going to win at home, so I'll take the Colts. They're only favored by two points. Maybe they win by one. Maybe they win by more. I don't really know. Right now, I just feel like the Jags are on the trajectory back down to earth, so I'll take the Colts, but I would not be shocked if the Jags pull this one out. At the beginning of the year, I thought the Colts were going to be amazing. I would say a great team. I was not. A, I'm still not a huge fan of Matt Ryan. Wanted him out of Atlanta for a long time, but he knows how to throw the football. He puts up a lot of yards, a lot of touchdowns every year. And it's not like he didn't play on bad Falcons teams. Yeah, I mean, he was a decent. He was a pretty good player. I mean, he won MVP. But like I said, I'm not a huge fan of him. But I thought he was a decent enough quarterback and a improvement over Carson Wentz that him, Michael Pittman, Mo Alley Cox, um, Jonathan Taylor, and Naheem Hines with a pretty good offensive line could absolutely tear it up this season. The defense is was all has mostly been solid. Like you said, they haven't been playing amazing the past few weeks, but They've been consistently good the past few years. I thought they were going to light the world on fire, and they just have come out and not done that. I get Jonathan Taylor's been hurt, but I thought it'd be above and beyond what it is right now. Give me the Colts because, like you said, I think the Jags probably just got a lucky win. Trevor Lawrence still, he's played better. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think. He's playing amazingly right now. Again, we've said it before, when Christian Kirk is your number one wide receiver and there's really nothing behind him, it's kind of hard to make those huge plays downfield that Christian Kirk gives you the ability to. ETN hasn't played to the round one pick status for whatever reason that they drafted him for. I think they just kind of drafted him for Trevor Lawrence. I don't understand why, because James Robinson's there, but 
he hasn't really been a factor. So give me the Colts in this one. Like you said, I think get ugly, but I just don't see the Jags beating them again. Vikings at Dolphins. Uh, I'm going Vikings. Two is out again. Teddy Bridgewater is listed as questionable and won't play unless Skylar Thompson goes down per what I just read. Xavier Howard's questionable. Raheem Mostert's questionable. Give me the Vikings, and that's about all I'm going to say on that one. The biggest thing in this game is going to be how well Justin Jefferson plays because I think we've seen it time and time again. This offense goes where Justin Jefferson goes because Dalvin Cook has not been able to get it going really this year. And once Justin Jefferson has great games, the Vikings are play a great game. But if they shut him down, it's going to be a rough one. I will take the Vikings. Like you said, the Dolphins have just been a train wreck, train wreck recently. But if Justin Jefferson has a huge day, I think it get out of hand. Next up, we got Bengals at Saints. I think this is the chance for the Bengals to finally get back to five hundred at two and or three and three. Excuse me. Uh, the Saints just—I don't know. The Saints' offense has looked rough. You know, Michael Thomas came back and looked amazing against the Falcons, and I mean, he's been fine. Uh, nothing, you know, over the top crazy. Uh, Chris Olave actually, I think, is their leading receiver. Uh, I, the Saints' defense is still pretty good. But this might actually be the chance for the Bengals to kind of ride the ship and build some chemistry. The offensive line is just playing so bad. It's so bad. And I know you and I kind of disagree on how good the Bengals actually are. But I think they're still one of the better rosters in the league. If this offensive line could start playing better, I think they're one of the top, I'm going to say top five range AFC teams in my opinion. I think they're a great team. And for whatever reason, this offense has just been out of sync. And in my opinion, that's been because of the offensive line. You know, as a former offensive lineman, and you yourself have been, I mean, the when the offensive line is out of sync and you're not playing well, it's hard to do just about anything. As cliche as it always sounds, our boy David Pollock says it all the time, it starts up front, and the Bengals have got to learn that. The defensive line is actually playing pretty well. Sam Hubbard and uh, Trey Henderson look really good. Um, Logan Wilson's playing great at linebacker. Vaughn Bell's been making some plays. Jesse Bates doesn't really look like himself, but um, Jadobe Ouzier has, has played pretty, you know, pretty well. Mike Hilton at the slot's good. Eli Apple still isn't great, but he has not looked as bad as he did in the playoffs last year, so that's something, I guess. Um, I think the Bengals can do enough to win this game. Like I said, the Saints defense is going to be one of the tougher they face this year but it's not like they've really had anybody that's rolled over either. So give me the Bengals in a close one. They're only favored by one and a half. I say they win by a field goal. Yeah, I'm going to have to take uh, the Bengals in this one too. Like you said, I think it's a great week for them to kind of try and get back on track before it slips too far away from them because the rate that they're playing now, they're going to be out of playoff reach by week 10, week 11. They're going to have no – chance of even trying to rewrite their Super Bowl story, but when it comes to the Saints, you have one of the best, if not the best, and I'm going to use a basketball term, but playmaking running backs in the NFL and Alvin Kamara. Give him the ball out of the backfield. Let him run the ball straight up the middle. He's going to make plays. He's going to make people miss. He's going to break tackles, and they have just not gotten him involved this year. Taysom Hill has been, it seems like, their best running back. I don't know what it is, I don't know why he can't get going, but they need to get him the football. And like you said, when Chris Olave 
is your number one wide receiver. And I think he's questionable this week because of the hit that he took last week. I just – I don't know why Michael Thomas is not either getting the football or he's not getting open. I know Chris Olave is a great wide receiver, but, I mean, he's a rookie and you have a former offensive player of the year on your team and you're he's not getting the football. So, like you said, they just looked out of sync. This defense is great still – or not great, but – Still pretty – I would say I have Cam Jordan, Demario Davis, uh, Marshawn Lattimore back there. They have great pieces, but this offense has just not been what you would like to see it at. And Jameis Winston is one of the – I would say just one of the biggest joke and jokesters in the league. So, give me the Bengals on a get-back-on-track win. Ravens at Giants. The Giants have a better record than the Ravens. What in the world is that, man? I think we're going to see just either the teams that they played or their luck streak run dry right here because I think the Ravens are going to absolutely obliterate the Giants. Ravens have been a great team all year. Offensive powerhouse this year. They always have a great defense. I think they're going to lock down Saquon, and that's going to force Daniel Jones to make plays, and he's just not comfortable doing that. Their playmakers on the outside are not good. I think this game could get out of hand pretty pretty early. What to do? I think it's a combination of both. I think the Giants have really done well with the schedule that should have been in their favor. Uh, them beating the Titans was huge. They lost to the Cowboys. Uh, but they did only lose by a touchdown. I think they still should have won that game, in my opinion. They played well enough to be in that game. Uh, they did beat the Packers just now. I think it's a different Packers team, and I still wouldn't say the Giants are better than the Packers as a full roster. Uh, so to say they got the win is still pretty impressive. But I'm going to say they're kind of in the middle, uh, somewhere in the middle. I do think they come back to real life against the Ravens. I do think the Ravens get this win. I think they're favored, it says, by they're favored by six, so about a score. It's just I think the Ravens are going to have to just find a way to get the offense going more through the air. Mark Andrews is excellent. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Devin DuVernay has become more involved, and I think that's great. Rashad Bateman has got to get healthy. Demarcus Robinson needs to step up and be a solid number three wide receiver. And now that J.K. Dobbins is getting more back into the groove and healthy, uh, I think he needs to be more involved as a pass game option. Uh, I think the Ravens offense just needs to start being more dynamic and kind of open things up a little bit because the running game eventually will only take them so far. And I think this is a perfect game to do that with this Giants defense. I think it's a little closer than what you're saying, but I do think the Giants get a reality check. I say the Ravens probably win by about 10 points. Uh, you know, it could get in the 13 or 14 range, but I don't think it gets any more than that because I think the Giants are playing like an excellent team right now. And I still think Saquon could have a, a pretty decent day uh, nonetheless. So give me the Ravens, but probably not as big as what you're expecting. Panthers at Rams, like we mentioned before, Matt Rule's been fired. Uh, they look awful on offense. I thought Baker was going to be able to at least do better than what he's done. Uh, they're struggling getting McCaffrey involved. 
you know, as a dynamic option. DJ Moore is fine. Uh, he's doing what he can, but he can only catch the balls that are thrown to him and the range of him being able to catch them. You're not utilizing Robbie Anderson as a deep threat. Uh, Tommy Trimble isn't a superstar playmaker at tight end, but he's good enough to get you, you know, intermediate yards. And the Panthers' defense has played pretty well. So that's kind of tough to see as an organization where they are right now, but it's not like the Rams are playing out lights out either. Besides Cooper Cup, this offense has been kind of a joke, and that's tough to say because you and I are both George fans and we love Matt Stafford. You know, he's still trying to find his groove, and it's to me it's a complete joke that they haven't got Allen Robinson more involved than they have. Um, I mean, obviously I'm going to take the Rams because I think just top to bottom they're a better team. And this is at L, at the LA Stadium, but I think this is this is the time that the Rams have got to figure it out. This is a pretty decent Panthers defense, but they're going to be low on morale with losing Matt Rule. You know, some of the team may not have liked him. I don't know. They weren't performing well, but losing a coach just is not fun to go through. I mean, we've seen it plenty of times from these hard knock episodes where we see inside when stuff actually goes down how demoralizing that can be and it's not like they really have anybody to rally around in that organization uh give me the rams they're favored by 10 if they can start clicking i think it could be by more than that yeah i'm not just gonna kind of keep going on what you said but the lack of getting christian mccaffrey involved like i said earlier without i say with alvin kamara him and i think alvin kamara are probably tied or one has the edge over the other, depending on how you look at it. Which, whichever take you have, there's good side or there's good points to either. One of the best playmaking running backs in the NFL can do both. And if you're not going to get him involved, you're not going to win football games. Baker Mayfield is not a Tom Brady or not an Aaron Rodgers. He can't win a game by himself. He needs a superstar like Alvin, or Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey. And if you're not going to get him involved, you're not going to win football games. Point blank. Period. And like you said, it sucks to see the Rams struggle so much after a Super Bowl-caliber season, Super Bowl-winning season. But nobody can guard Cooper Cup. I think he's playing like the best wide receiver in the league right now. Him and Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, yes. But I think Cooper Cup is really above them all. I think it's him, then Justin Jefferson, and Justin Jefferson getting close, but Nobody can guard Cooper Cup right now and really hasn't been since he's entered the league. He's been really unbelievable. So I don't see them covering Cooper Cup again. I think get Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson involved a little bit to open it up, but I think Cooper Cup can do some damage and get the Rams the W. Cardinals and Seahawks, I feel like this is a tale of two stories with the team's having the same record, what do you think? It's crazy as it sounds. I'm going to have to take the Seahawks. Big fan of Geno Smith. Or I don't say big fan, but big, big fan, fan of the way – I would say big fan of the way he's playing. I think people kind of just counted him out, myself included. Some washed up what West Virginia quarterback hadn't played in the league and – or hadn't started in the league in years. Is he playing better than Kyler Murray right now? Probably, but that's just coming from a Kyler Murray hater, so <laughs> – Keep going. I would say, I mean, I think he's playing better than what people thought he was going to, and I think that's what matters. Kenneth Walker played pretty good last week. 
DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, still playmakers. Defense is okay. I think they pull this one out, especially with James Conner. And uh, I think their backup running back went out with injury too. So it leaves Eno Benjamin or something like that as their – I'll double check that for you real quick. As their running back one. Still doesn't have DeAndre Hopkins, Marquise Brown. As we both know, is not some amazing receiver. I know he's a great deep threat. Zach Ertz is your number one tight end who's getting older and older. I'm not a huge fan of Kyler Murray. Don't think he's a great quarterback. So give me the Seahawks in this one, but I think it'll be a close game. So I am going to confirm James Conner has not practiced so far this week. Daryl Williams sprained his knee and is doubtful. Another running back is on injured reserve. Matt Prater is doubtful. He's week to week right now. And then you've got two offensive starters in Justin Pugh and DJ Humphreys, questionable. I think that just kind of solidifies me. I was kind of on the fence. I'm also going to take the Seahawks. Geno Smith is playing like a top 10 quarterback in the NFC right now. And that's not even a question. I would say even close to the top five quarterbacks in the NFC right now. You know, he had a rough going. Uh, I don't want to say, well, I don't want to say rough going, but he didn't look amazing against the Broncos week one. You know, he had, he had the touchdown pass and he only threw for about 185 yards, but he played well enough for the Seahawks to, to win that game. And it just, the Cardinals just look so weird to me right now. I think DK and Tyler Lockett are going to challenge the secondary and they're going to make them earn it. Uh, the defense just isn't playing well overall for the Cardinals. Missing all those pieces on offense just doesn't give me confidence, especially with how Kyler Murray is playing right now. He's not playing great. And I genuinely do think Jenna Smith is playing uh, better than Kyler Murray right now. And if the Cardinals don't flip it around and figure out what in the world they're doing, because this, this team has the, the talent to do something, I just don't – I never believed in the Cliff Kingsbury hire. I, it never made sense to me. I don't think he's some all-world everything head coach. I think his offensive system works perfect in college, and I think that's why Patrick Mahomes was successful in college. I know Kingsbury always wanted to go to the NFL, but I just don't think it's going to work out. If the Cardinals can't get this thing turned around, this this team is just too good to keep him as a head coach, and I think he could follow Matt Rule soon and uh, be, be our next firing. In all honesty, like I said, that's just my opinion, but it's been a rough go for the Cardinals this year. Um, the 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 floor is one hundred percent yours on this one, because you're gonna get to talk about your man crush for a little bit. Bills at Chiefs. This is at Chiefs, and the Bills are favored by three. Talk to him. I would say it's. I love Josh Allen. Biggest fan of him ever since. I was doing a, a fantasy football draft a few years ago. Everybody's hating on Josh Allen. Too inaccurate. Throws too many picks. Doesn't win games. I was like, this is the year Josh Allen goes off. Goes off for 400-something points. Loved him ever since. As we both know, Patrick Mahomes been one of the best quarterbacks in the league since he's entered the league. Travis Kelsey. Best tight end in football. Don't want to hear it. Went off for four touchdowns last week. I get he didn't have a lot of yards, but I don't want to hear all the George Kittle or this and that done with it. Travis Kelsey is the best tight end in the league. 
but from what I saw when the Bills struggled with the Dolphins, the Dolphins beat them. It just really makes me wonder if they go up against a team that can challenge them like the Dolphins did, are they going to crumble? And if I'm being honest, I have to take Patrick Mahomes over to Otago Viloa 100 times out of 100. So as sad as it is for me to say, give me the Chiefs, even though it's a sketchy pick because the Bills' defense is really good and this offense is crazy good. But I think from what we've seen, if you can kind of take Stephon Diggs out of the game plan and make Gabriel Davis uh, the main target, they kind of get stopped in their tracks a little bit. I think this Chiefs defense can do well enough to stop Stephon Diggs to give him a chance at winning this. So, as crazy as it sounds, give me the Chiefs in this one. So, this is a short week for the Chiefs, and I think that is something to take into account against the team at the caliber of the Bills. Um, I would I would really be tough to not pick the Bills if Micah Hyde was playing in this game. Tredavious White, I think, is still out, but he is coming back to practice. If he was in, I would still feel a little bit more confident picking the Bills. The Bills have a lot of people questionable. I know Elam is questionable. Tremaine Edwin, Edmonds is questionable. The big thing for me, too, is the Chiefs might get back Trent McDuffie this week, and to start the season, he looked amazing. These receivers for the Chiefs are not lot in the world on fire, but they're playing good together as a unit. And I think that might actually help the Bills out a little bit. I'm just I'm so on the fence on this one. I don't even know what to do. But at the end of the day, I think Arrowhead is just such a hard place to play. And Patrick Mahomes just is a next level when he's playing at home. Granted, they almost lost to the Raiders last week or Monday, I should say. So you do have to take that into account. I understand. But Arrowhead is a different animal. And like you said, the Bills going down to the Dolphins against a team that could really challenge them, that's something That's something to keep your eye on. I'm going to take the Chiefs in this one. Like I said, Buffalo is favored by three. Um, but if the Bills win, I wouldn't be shocked. I'm so on the fence against the one. this one. It's basically a coin flip for me that made me pick the Chiefs. Sunday Night Football, Cowboys at Eagles. I think this is the Cooper Rush fairytale ending. I think it's more been the situation. The Rams just weren't as good as we expected. They did struggle to beat the Giants like we had talked about previously. The Eagles just are on another level right now. They're playing so well as a football team altogether. And like I said, if A.J. Brown's not on, Devontae Smith is on. If Devontae Smith is not on, A.J. Brown is on. Dallas Goddard has stepped in to his first full season as the number one guy at tight end and has looked great. Miles Sanders has played really well, and I think the fact that the Eagles are being smart with how they make Jalen Hurts a runner has made them second-guess on how they defend Miles Sanders, and I think they're finally utilizing Miles Sanders the way that they're supposed to. The defense, like I said, is playing out of this world. Jordan Davis has looked amazing. I know you and I love that. And like I said before, Darius Slay is playing like a top-five corner in this league. I know he's always been one of those top-tier guys. He was amazing in Detroit, but he is playing some excellent football right now, and I I don't want that to go understated. The linebacking core for the Eagles is finally there to kind of solidify all of this defense. 
I just don't see how you don't pick the Eagles in the spot. They're playing at home in prime time against a hated division rival who all of what Dallas tries to do is going to play into what the Eagles are trying to do. The Eagles have the offensive line to really kind of stymie this Cowboys pass rush and, and Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons is still going to, to get his, don't get me wrong, but I just think that the Eagles are going to do enough where it just doesn't really matter at the end of the day. The Eagles are favored by six. I actually think the Eagles could win by more than that. Give me the Eagles by probably around 10, 10 or so points. We'll make it pretty short and simple because, I mean, you hit on basically all the points. Cooper Rush, I think they're going to make him extremely uncomfortable in this game because how good the defense actually is. C.D. Lamb being a number one wide receiver, like you said, Darius Slay is going to lock him down. Or another one of their excellent secondary players. They have a loaded secondary with – talent all over the field. Michael Parson and Trayvon Diggs have been playing really good this year. I think Trayvon Diggs has taken a step up. That's crazy. In coverage, anyway. Less picks, but I think he's been playing a little bit better in coverage. But to reiterate kind of what you said earlier, I think the Eagles have a top five, maybe even top three roster from top to bottom. There's so much talent everywhere. I would like to see Jalen Hurts throw a little more passing or touchdowns through the air, but I mean, he's getting them on the ground either way. They're scoring points. They're winning football games. And I think they moved to, I think it's five and O I think something like that. So I think the Cooper rush fairy tale comes to an end and the Eagles moved to five and O and still the only undefeated team in the NFL. Keeping it short and sweet. Just one more thing to say. People can say what they want about Jalen hurts. I understand he's not just some crazy dynamic thrower, you know, people – I've heard people compare him to Lamar Jackson before. People underrate Lamar Jackson's ability to throw the ball so much, it, it really irritates me. But Jalen Hurts is doing what he needs to do to win football games. You, you don't really have to ask for more than that. If he's doing what he needs to do to bring home the win, then why should you critique what he's doing? He's doing what he needs for his team in order for them to succeed. And it's not like – Half the league wouldn't rather have Jalen Hurts. I and mean, he's not turning the ball over. Exactly. And think, that's been something that's plagued him before. Yeah. You don't think the Broncos would rather have Jalen Hurts right about now? You don't think the Cardinals would rather have Jalen Hurts right about now? I mean, these those teams would love to have the, the Panthers, especially. I think if the Panthers, Panthers have Jalen Hurts right now, I think they would be on the opposite side. I think they'd be 4-1 instead of 1-4. I, I – he he's doing what he needs to do. Like I said, he's not some kind of superstar in this league, but he's a very, very good player and he's great at what he does. So I just, I just, to me, I just don't understand the, the criticism that he's kind of gotten. And I understand before maybe it's a little bit warranted, but he's continued to prove that he can improve and he's great for the system. So just wanted to kind of toss that in there a little bit to end Broncos at chargers. This one might be how you and I watched the Bengals-Steelers game. It might be one of the ugliest ones of the year. Uh, what you got for me? I think the Chargers are going to win this one pretty easy. I think they're another one that have top five roster from top to bottom, even though they may not be playing to that level. I think if you give Justin Herbert one more decent wide receiver, I think this is an amazing offense. They're finally starting to get Austin Eckler involved. He's kind of taken over the past few weeks. Justin Herbert, a top five quarterback in this league. Mike Williams has come on the last two years and has balled out. 
which I think they kind of expect him to do a little bit sooner in his career. But this defense is great, littered with talent. So the Broncos have just not played well at all, underperformed all season. Give me the Chargers. I think it could get 10 to 14 points because this Broncos team has just not been it this year. Chargers are actually relatively healthy, uh, minus the fact that you've got, you know, Joey Bosa and Rashawn Slater on IR right now, which is brutal for this team. But Austin Eckler has played amazing. Trey Pipkins will be back after sitting out the rest of the game last week um, at tackle. Jamari Sawyer has played pretty well, um, minus the fact that he had to go against Miles Garrett last week. So I think this will kind of be a, a back playing back to a closer to what he did week before because uh, I think Bradley Chubb kind of plays into the game that Jamari Sawyer can handle. I don't think Keenan Allen will eventually play this week. The hamstring seems to be bothering him still, and it's not like Mike Williams has played awful. And like you said, Austin Eckler has showed out. The rest of the offensive line is playing great, and I think they're going to be able to kind of do what they want with Austin Eckler and Mike Williams. And even without Joey Bosa, this defense is still pretty good. You got J.C. Jackson, Asante Samuel, and Derwin James back there. Kenneth Murray is kind of taking a step back towards what we saw his rookie season. He's playing a lot better. Um, I think the defense is kind of just playing more cohesive. And I know Russell Wilson was questionable. I don't know what the what the designation is about. I don't know why he's questionable, but this just isn't the same Russ. This is a division division matchup, and the Chargers are playing at home. You know. It's not like SoFi Stadium is some crazy loud place to play, but home field advantage still matters in the league, in my opinion. I think the Chargers win this one. They're only favored by five, but I think they can win by a touchdown easy. The Broncos just look ugly, and I really don't know what they have to stop Austin Eckler because I think Justin Simmons is on IR too, and that's huge, especially for somebody trying to patrol the middle and keep Austin Eckler from breaking anything big. So give me the Chargers, and give me the Chargers easy. That will wrap up our week six. Um, you and I didn't talk about it beforehand, but I did want to kind of go back and give you a chance to do a big dog of the week for week five. Um, you got anybody in mind? I would say it's kind of a coin flip between Brees Hall and Travis Kelsey just because of how good of a performance they both did. I think I will have to give it to Brees Hall because Travis Kelsey – did score four, four touchdowns, but I think he only ended with like 30 yards. If he ended up with more than 50, I think he'd easily be a big dog of the week. But Brees Hall absolutely took over in that football game. I think he had almost 100 yards rushing, almost 100 yards catching. I think he might have had a touchdown on the ground with both or maybe just one or the other. But he played an absolutely amazing game. And I think it's honestly really hard to keep him off the field over or underneath Michael Carter. I know we both know Michael Carter's a great player, but I think Brees Hall's just blessed with it a little bit more. But I think this duo of running backs is going to be dangerous in the league in a few years if neither one of them get really a big head and agree to stay on the Giants. So I'll have to give my big dog of the week to Brees Hall. I got to give mine to Gabe Davis. Uh, balled out in the game against the Steelers, and that touchdown catch against Minka was impre- impressive. Just straight ripped the ball away after it looked like Minka was going to come away with the pick. Uh, mine's Gabe Davis. If I had to come up with anybody else, it would probably be Saquon because he made the Packers look silly. 
uh, and should have had more touchdowns considering they gave it to their third string running back and a tight end on a touchdown run. So he could have ended up with three touchdowns as well. And like I said, I, he, he had some hard. That dead irritate me. He I, had some hard, tough runs against that Packers defense. I think you only, well, I mean, like you said, it doesn't make sense to give it to your third round running back when or third string running back also when you have Matt Breida as your second round and give it to a no name tight end. Didn't really understand that, but I know you can't just feed it to Saquon on the line or else they're just gonna load the box and stop him. And I do have him on my fantasy team, which probably irritated me a little bit more, but I just don't get why you run it in with those two guys over Saquon. But they got it in and they won the football game. So I guess it worked for them. That is going to close out our week six preview. Again, appreciate everybody hanging with us. I know we were out last week, but everything should be back on schedule. Like I said, we're sick and uh, unfortunately couldn't get to record. Reed was a little busy. Uh, stays pretty busy as a college student. Also doing, you know, student teaching and some work as well. So appreciate everybody hanging with us. Please check out the show. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your shows. Check us out on Facebook. Read the roster. On Twitter at Read the Roster, hit us up during these games. We want to catch live reactions, interact with you guys as everything's going down. Reed and I, even if we aren't in the middle of watching a football game, we're usually paying attention to it somehow. So uh, just want to keep trying to get people interacting with us uh, and get reactions as we go. Yeah, like you said, I mean, I was busy last week, but I mean, I have stuff to do every week. And like you said, you start off the week pretty sick. Sunday, you're feeling it pretty rough. So, and then towards the end of the week, just kind of like a communication, but we should be back on schedule now and hopefully can get the same rolling consistently like we did and throughout the season and see what the off season has to bring. But yeah, it was just a rough week last week. I don't think we, neither of us kind of expected to kind of take a break this early, but life happens sometimes and. Just got to make do with what you can. So appreciate everybody still listening. Bounce back week for us. Hope everybody enjoys a, a pretty decent week six, in my opinion. We're going to see our first round of bye weeks. Uh, I think the Texans and the Lions and Raiders and somebody else is off this week. I can't remember uh, off the top of my head. Um, I hope everybody enjoys week six of NFL action. Talk to you soon.